Hello and welcome to the Period Chats podcast. On this podcast, we look at how society has impacted women's health over the years. My name is Kate Morton and I'll be your host along with many amazing guests who will join us. I'm a registered dietitian and passionate about bringing women's health to light and making it a table conversation. This episode and future episodes are brought to you by Funkit Wellness, an all-natural cycle support company that works to support women through their entire cycles, not just their periods. You can try their amazing seed cycling kits on their website at www.funkitwellness.com or you can join their community on their Instagram at funk.it.wellness. Let's dive in. So excited to have um, Kenzie Olson on here from Motherland Birth Co. She has been an amazing source of inspiration during this year and taught me a lot about my hormones personally. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to let her introduce herself and then we will jump right into talking all about what a normal period is. And you can't see me, but there are air quotes heavily around normal period. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Kate, thanks so much for having me on today. I'm so excited. Periods are one of my favorite things to chat about and making them less taboo is so important to me. So I am excited to get to chat with you. Amazing. Okay. So like myself, you have a background as a healthcare professional. Tell us a little bit about that and really just like your story and how you ended up helping all these amazing women that you're helping. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So my journey is, it seems like it's pretty complex, to be honest. I think I've worn so many hats, but kind of the like simplified version is I am a registered nurse, um, a birth and postpartum doula, and then a fertility specialist that works now with women, either in a one-on-one or my program, Happy and Wholesome Hormones, for women's wellness, fertility, Um, and yeah, just cycle awareness and hormone balancing. So my journey as a nurse actually began about six years ago. Now I've worked in healthcare though, for almost 11 years. Um, so the hospital was kind of my second home. I always joke that I, it's kind of funny, kind of not kind of a, I had no boundaries, but I spent more time at the hospital than I did at my own home. And so I graduated nursing school. Um, I kind of went into nursing with this, like, I don't want to call it a savior complex, but almost like I was going to be so self-sacrificial and help so many people. And um, we'll kind of get into it with my story in a little bit, but that was a big drive for me that landed me where I'm at now. So graduating nursing school, I worked postpartum, labor and delivery, NICU, PICU, pediatrics, Um, yeah, anywhere with moms, babies, or boobs, I was there. I knew that I never went to nursing school to take care of old men. I think they're very cute, but I didn't go a lot of money in debt to care for them. So graduated nursing school, started working. I worked night shift for about six months. And, um, I think that the combination of graduating nursing school, switching to nights, getting married, getting engaged and getting married all within six weeks. Um, That year before I had moved to be closer to my boyfriend and fiance, now husband. And so it just was so many changes that year. And I think that with the switch of working tonight or going to nights, which is just such a major 
horrible thing to do for your body. If you, I know that I'm in a privileged place now to be able to say that I don't have to work nights, but it really, really wrecked um, my body and my hormones. And growing up, I had always been really sick. Like I had never really felt great. I remember being young and having tons of hormone issues, like hormone issues once I had my period. But before then, like my stomach always hurt. I always had headaches. I went to doctor after doctor after doctor growing up and nobody could figure out what was wrong. And I think that whenever I started, you know, in this nursing job where I was so sacrificial, which looking back now is like, I know that it wasn't healthy. Um, I think that I really hit this point where I was pretty much bedridden and I was so sick and in chronic pain and having all of these wild symptoms that nobody could figure out. During that time, I went to six different doctors and they all said, you know, oh, it's just part of being a woman. Oh, it's your hormones. It's all on your head. It's your anxiety. It's this and it's that. But I had this really deep intuitive pull that always told me to keep searching. And I'm so thankful for that because I think that in our culture, especially as women, we're oftentimes taught to shut up or to not listen to our body and what it's communicating with us. And now I know that those symptoms that I was experiencing were really just a beautiful reminder that my, that's the only way that my body knew how to communicate with me and to tell me something was wrong. And so after six different doctors, I went to a different doctor and got a diagnosis of chronic Lyme disease, neurological Lyme, and a bunch of other tick-borne illnesses, thyroid issues, hormone issues, uh, pretty much the whole shebang. And during this time, my husband and I had also experienced some losses within our own um, family unit. And so a lot of these things really created this existence for me that I knew that I couldn't continue as a bedside nurse working so many hours. Um, I just, it wasn't, it wasn't possible. So I still worked within the hospital for about um, two years. I went down to part-time and then I went down to PRN and um, then I started working for a holistic fertility clinic here um, locally where I live in Southwest Missouri and I was their clinical nursing director and I gained and I learned so much experience there really about our bodies and about how they work. And as I journeyed, you know, throughout my own healing journey, I learned all of these things too. And I really hate the concept of putting a bandaid over our wellness and putting a bandaid over, especially hormone issues, period issues, fertility issues, wellness issues in general, I guess I should say. And so I always work to search deeper. So I got to this point where I just had this nagging feeling of like, you, you've got to do something like you, you want to do your own thing. It's never going to be the perfect time. You're going to always have imposter syndrome. Let's just do it. So Motherland was created and kind of birthed out of that season about three-ish years ago. And um, yeah, so now I, this is my full-time thing. This is what I do. I have an amazing team that works with me. Um, I don't personally do doula work anymore, but I have a doula that works for me. And then I come alongside women in a one-on-one -on -one coaching setting or within my program, Happy and Wholesome Hormones, that runs quarterly to really help to bring balance through proven protocols that really help to facilitate every aspect of our bodies. Because now, you know, I know, and I think you know this too, Kate, that we're, our hormones like don't just control and regulate our period. They control and regulate every aspect of who we are. And whenever one is out of balance, usually another one tends to follow. And so, yeah, I work with women now just to help them to come back home to their selves and healing and really to put healing back in their own hands. 
That is so amazing. I didn't even know that entire story, even though we've had such a great time getting to know each other over this past year. So that's great for me to even hear as well. And, you know, I think it's really interesting how we go into healthcare, honestly, because we want, I think 99% of people go into healthcare because they want to help people, but it's interesting how that stress and pull can impact you. Cause I had a very similar experience and realizing that maybe grinding yourself down to a pace isn't the best way to be able to help people. Yeah. I realized, you know, that I think I got to this breaking point where I was like, how can I help other people whenever I feel like crap? Like I can't even help myself right now. So how can I show up for 12 to 16, sometimes, you know, even longer shifts and help new parents or, you know, be responsible for medications for little children, which are difficult to dose. And I just, I I couldn't do it. And as much as I wanted to, I really think that I got to that point where I just was like, this is, I'm half-assing this. And I, this is not something coming into these people's lives in this capacity is not something that I want to half-ass. And if I can't care for myself well, I can't care for other people well. I think that's such a responsible decision though. And it's so good. It sounds like it's been so good for your personal health, but also like all the amazing people you're helping now, which I know you're going to talk more about at the end, but something I wanted to dive into, and I know we've talked about this a lot, is what is a normal period? So what does that even mean? You know, I think right, for sure. I think that we as a society have created this fallacy around our periods that they're meant to be painful. They're meant to be heavy. We're supposed to bleed through tampons and it's, we're supposed to be in bed for, you know, five days at a time. And the PMS is just a part of being a woman. And if anybody's listening and they've been conditioned um, to believe those things, I just want you to know that, that it's, it's not true. Um, our periods are supposed to be drama free. Our hormones are supposed to come and go in their cycle and do their thing and leave us feeling good. And we don't have to suffer at the hands of bleeding every month. We just, we just don't. So, um, you know, whenever I have a new client that comes and works with me, we do a really extensive health history, especially around their period. So we look at a few different components, how often that they're having cycles. If they are, I have a lot of clients that come to me that are not having periods at all for no explained reason. So how, um, how often that their cycles are, how often that they're bleeding, um, if they can confirm ovulation mid cycle, we also look at their period blood color and their period consistency. So those kind of key components, there's a few different ones too, but those are the main ones that really clue us into what's going on along with looking at their symptoms that they might be having and whenever they're having them within their cycle. So for a normal, normal period, it can kind of span. We're oftentimes taught to that a, a perfect cycle is 28 days. I can tell you that most of the women that I work with and myself included, I do not have a 28 day cycle and my cycle is extremely balanced. I ovulate every day on cycle day 20. And so I'm a later ovulator, but everything is like working and doing its thing. So just to give a little rough background, um, a normal menstrual cycle can last anywhere from 26 days to about 33, 34 days. I would consider those all very normal parameters, especially if we can pinpoint ovulation and we can really hone in on those phases. So whenever we're looking at that 28 day 
average period. I want to make a reference point to that cycle day one is the first day of your actual bleed. So you might have a few days of spotting before, which clue us in to some low um, progesterone and high estrogen issues potentially. But cycle day one is the first day of bright red bleeding that you have. And from there, usually bleeding should last anywhere from about four to six-ish to seven days. So bleeding for those amount of days is what is considered, I would consider quote unquote normal. So there's a wide variation there, but we shouldn't be experiencing painful cramps, um, a lot of breast tenderness, tons of mood changes, clotty periods that clues us in do a lot around your hormones and period blood should be a bright kind of cranberry juice color with the same consistency. So it shouldn't be clotty. Like I've mentioned, I'll probably say that a few more times. Um, and so it should be that kind of like if you're making, I don't know if this is a reference point that everybody will get, but if you're making jello, like before, like you've just like, you're stirring it in the bowl and kind of like that sugar water consistency, that's what we want our periods to be like. Anything that is really, really light and pink, tells us a hormone imbalance. Anything that is really dark and clotty or brown can pinpoint a hormone imbalance too. Um, so yeah, so we want it to be that like viscous kind of, um, cranberry juice color and consistency. And so that is what I would consider and deem like a normal period. And yeah, I think I could go a lot deeper. I can definitely go into like the other phases of our cycle. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's a good kind of starting point visualization of our period. I love that. And I love the vis visualization of it because that's something we can all relate to. It's like, okay, like you sit down to go to the bathroom, like you see your, like, you can see the different textures. You can see the different colors of the blood. Um, that's a really great point about spotting. I've gotten that question a lot and that's what, all my research has led me to. Could you touch on those, some things that might be like within a kind of normal range, but might tell you something's up like that spotting a few days before? Yeah. So I think to answer your question, like whenever we're noticing like a few days of spotting before a period, it's definitely normal to spot like 12 hours before the bright red bleeding begins because Whenever your cervix opens um, for period, um, our cervix is usually a little bit more open during this time. It's going to get rid of all that really oxidized old blood that's left over from our last period first, which is likely going to be that brown consistency. But we shouldn't be having like brown spotting for like days before our period starts. We also shouldn't be having that as just a period. So what that spotting really indicates to me most of the time, again, you know, this isn't so much so like medical advice, but I go really in depth with this and with my clients and figuring out what their hormone imbalances are. Usually this tells us that um, we're having potentially some estrogen dominant symptoms, which estrogen dominance is maybe the number one hormone imbalance that I work with. And usually whenever we're having an excess of estrogen comes along a low progesterone level because Estrogen should rise right after our period through about the day that we ovulate, and then it should drop a little bit to allow for progesterone to take over for those 14 days before we start our next period. And there's a lot more that goes into that, but um, pretty much if estrogen stays dominant and it kind of plays like the bad guy after ovulation and it's like, F you progesterone, I'm just going to stay elevated, then progesterone tends to suffer. And that can lead to that spotting 
um, that we so often experience. Same for just side note, same for during pregnancy too. If you have any um, spotting during pregnancy, I always recommend getting progesterone levels checked because spotting and intense cramping during pregnancy um, can mean that there's a potential for low progesterone levels, which continue to rise every single week of pregnancy until you're about 40-ish weeks, whenever they top out at about 166 if you were to have blood work done. So yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah, that completely answers my question. Um, Because I know that's something that I know estrogen dominance is super common, but I know the spotting is too. So it's interesting to see how those kind of go together. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, if our estrogen's elevated, then um, we want it to be high during our first 14 days, ideally of our cycle, or until we ovulate, if you're not a cycle day 14 or ovulator. Um, But then we want it to kind of dwindle so that progesterone can take over and do its thing. Um, That's a really important piece of the puzzle. Even if you're not trying to get pregnant, it is incredibly important that we are ovulating and that we are having these hormone cycles every single month. It's, I sometimes have had clients or those, you know, that come on my Instagram and they're like, I'm not even trying to get pregnant. So like, why, why do I need to have a period? Yes, because it's so much more than just, yes, it's the tool that our body uses to procreate and to create life, but it, it hones us in just so much more within our bodies and what it's communicating to us. And it's, you know, um, a lot of people have kind of coined our period as our fifth vital sign, but it's so true. Whenever we kind of hone in on those little details about our period, blood color, and the consistency, and how often that we're going between cycles, Um I think that it, it, it tells us so much about our bodies. Yeah, that is an amazing point. And it's interesting, like how, when you start looking at all these different symptoms, like cramping, hormonal acne, um, severe mood swings, anything that, or migraines, all these different things that are kind of coined as PMS that we write off as normal and just kind of accept and say, okay, these two weeks of the month are just going to suck. I'm not going to be my best. And then I'll just deal with it when this is over they're all linked to different parts of our cycle that may be off, which I find very interesting that we've normalized them so much in society. Yeah, for sure. And I think that there is a big piece of this puzzle. And this is, you know, my protocols that I use with my clients is whenever I'm working to, um, create balance in somebody's menstrual cycle, we're taking a look at their thyroid, at their adrenals, at their liver, at their detoxification pathways, at their movement, at their nourishment, um, at their micronutrients, at their sleep. Um, I maybe said adrenals already. I can't remember, but there are these key components, um, that all go into creating a balanced cycle for us. And we have to kind of focus on all of those areas. Oh yeah. Gut healing. I don't think I mentioned that one. Um, and all of those they all of those different aspects play a very key role in creating balance for our cycles. Yeah, they do. And that brings me to another point. So we've kind of touched on like what a normal cycle should be. It shouldn't be painful. The consistency should of your blood should be very consistent, those bright colors. What are some lifestyle factors? Because we're obviously not living in the world we were essentially designed <laughs> to live in. So with our society and overstimulation and different foods and all these things, how do some of those lifestyle choices impact our cycles? Like sleep, all of that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, I think I could probably like rant on this for like two hours straight. So if I get to be too long, just cut me off. I would totally Um, rant. I love your rant. (laughs) They're so educational. 
Thank you. I geek out a lot. So it tends to, it always fulfills my cup, but sometimes I wonder if people are just like staring at me and blinking and waiting for me to shut up. But I, um, absorbing it all. They're like, yes, this is what I've waited for. I love it. So, I mean, there's so many different things about our culture and the way that we have been really conditioned to exist as humans, especially as women that do us a severe injustice, especially whenever it comes to our wellness and our periods. So for instance, stress, we are taught that if we're not busy, then we're not being important. And that is a load of, can I cuss on here? Yeah, you can. Okay, great. That is a load of bullshit. It is. Thank you. I just had a conversation today. Oh, with you before we started this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, we both had wild weeks and usually I have much better like boundaries for myself around everything, but it's really true. Like our, our stress, um, that we feel impacts so much, especially going into the holidays, especially in 2020 in and of itself. And that stress takes a toll on our adrenals. And whenever our adrenals are out of whack and we're pumping out cortisol, which is our survival hormone, it, it's, it pretty much is cortisol is a precursor to our progesterone. So it ends up messing with our cycles. Um, stress is just, we, we don't have to be busy to be important. We're already important people, regardless of how much that we get done in a day, especially in this year where sometimes just getting out of bed is a really beautiful thing that you made happen. And that's good enough. So stress is definitely one. Um, along with stress kind of comes sleep. Um, we're oftentimes taught to go to bed with the TV on or, you know, staring at our phones or waking up at night to notifications and not really prioritizing. I usually recommend eight to nine hours of sleep a night. And that really, really detrimentally impacts our health and our wellness. Whenever we're sleeping, our liver is working to help our body to detoxify everything throughout the day from chemicals, toxins, um, artificial hormones, or excess hormones like estrogen that our body needs to excrete or some um, compounds from medications. And if you're on hormonal birth control, um, our brain also detoxifies at night. I just did a post um, series on that too, is, you know, we, we don't even really think about about our brain needing to detoxify, but it's, it's true. And, um, our digestion does its thing at night. And, um, yeah, so there's so much to sleep that really impacts our hormones and our body. And if we're not sleeping, our our circadian rhythms off, our cortisol is elevated and that can create cycle changes for us. Um, and then gut health. I know that for me to be able to come in here and say, you know, try to eat as organic as you can and non GMO and, um, you know, try to get sustainable food sources if that's possible for you and get your meat local and free range. And I know that that is a really, really big privilege that unfortunately we don't all have access to really the roots of earth and how things used to be. So I say this with, I guess, just caution that I am completely and totally aware of that. And that I don't think that, you know, we all have to be making sure that everything in our pantry is organic. Um, but really starting to take like those quick and simple steps to, you know, what are a few things I always recommend that if you are a meat eater, starting with your meat, finding a local farmer, shopping locally for local um, meat, those things are really important and make a really big difference or eating with the dirty dozen. Um, and you know, making sure that those veggies are clean veggies and fruits and that list changes every year. So just, you know, fast food and even so much so as like, we're taught to eat on the go and eating on the go 
um, whenever we're not sitting down and focused on our food and focused on chewing our food, whenever we're staring at our phone or we're watching TV or we're eating in our car, those things impact digestion too and limit um, the amount of absorption that we get from our micronutrients from food. And then, you know, fast food's a whole nother thing that I could go into in and of itself and all of that, but I will save that rant for another day. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, there's just so many core key components, hydration, we're over caffeinated, overstimulated. And we, I think we just, we really praise a lot of those things within our society that actually keep us from true healing, like listening to our bodies and what they're saying. I know that I felt so defeated after going to so many doctors who were like, nothing's wrong. Like you're fine. And me being like, so you're telling me that my eyes twitching and me having tremors and barely being able to get out of bed, um, and having, you know, all these other wild symptoms and migraines every single day, like these things are normal. And they were like, yeah, I was like, "Mm, no, not an acceptable answer for me. Like those things are not normal. And I refuse to live a life um, for however long I have left on this planet, I refuse to live a life where that was acceptable because I knew that that wasn't my best and I knew that I deserved to feel better. So there's definitely lots of components. Like I said, I could keep checking them off the list, but hopefully that gives you some good and everybody that's listening, some good insight into just the things that we can do and the ways that we've been conditioned to believe that we're supposed to exist. Yes, that is, uh, that is so important. And I hope everyone can like, just even replay that again and listen again, because I would say when I'm working with clients and I'm talking with people, I'm like, look, it's not sexy, but I'll tell you a great place to start before we spend any money, sleep, hydrate, and really look at the fruits, vegetables, and meats you're eating. And then let's see what is going on in a month. And, you know, I would say more times than not, that in itself can be a really great start. Yeah, definitely. We really complicate wellness. And, you know, that's not to say that some of our journeys, like my journey to feeling um, good again was very complicated because I had so many things going on. Mm -hmm. But I think that we really complicate things. And if we just kind of bring it back to the basics, um, it, it tends to make, it makes a big difference. And like sleep, I know is so overlooked but it, it's, it's, a, it's one of the core protocols for all of my clients is that they're getting good sleep and they're sleeping in a cool room and it's dark and their phone is away from them and they don't have distractions because that alone can really transform how we feel in our day. Yeah, it can. And, you know, I've got a crazy story as well, which you know all about my misdiagnosis with my allergies and like all of that stuff. So yeah. it can be complicated sometimes, but Sometimes it's not. And like for me, I was having all these horrible um, symptoms even recently. And it turns out I'm intolerant to coffee, which I was like drinking like juice. So what a horrible thing though, to be intolerant to. I'm so sad. (laughs) I really do love me. I always tell my clients, I'm like, I will never tell you to not drink coffee. Just drink one cup a day before a certain time. And yeah, I, coffee is lifeblood. So it's Ugh. so hard. I like, I'm everyone's so sorry. Like, oh my gosh, you like, you're feeling amazing, blah, blah. Cause, and I was like, I am, but you're not going to hear, want to hear why I was like, but also it probably wouldn't have the same effect if you don't have a problem with it. Right. Yeah. That's wild though. That it's, you know, the, like 
yeah, I guess I should eat my words there about like, if you do have an allergy or an intolerance to it, then it's a completely different ball game, but. Oh yeah. That's like, that is and wild. you know what you do most likely, like, you know, you'll know. Yeah. Oh, prayer assist. That is just unfair. <laughs> that is such good advice. So yeah, I love that you just made it so simple because, you know, I was on a panel this week and we were talking about hormone health and toxins from toxins from plastics and it was such a beautiful talk and but what we really wanted to drive home was we don't want this to be overwhelming or intimidating Mm -hmm. and I think it's so easy like you know it's like you pull a thread when you start learning about hormones and the whole ball starts to unravel and you're like there's so much to know like both of (laughs) us have been doing this journey for so long and I feel like I'm still learning from all these amazing people definitely you know yeah, I'm, I always remind, you know, the students that are enrolled in Happy and Wholesome Hormones or my one-on-one clients that I'm still learning and I'm still healing too. And, you know, there's new things that I learn and that I um, try to advance my education on all the time. And that I, one of the reminders too, that I give everybody is going into specifically my program, Happy and Wholesome Hormones is I don't expect perfection from anybody. And I actually don't want you to be perfect. You know, it's an eight week program, but you have a year long access to it. And I always tell everybody like if eight weeks is too quick for you, which for most people it is, um, take it at your own pace. And sometimes being slower at integrating these things really helps to create sustainable rhythms and change. And so you don't feel like you have to go in and do it all at once. You know, we have a module on toxins within our home and how those can disrupt our hormones. And that's one that I always am like, don't do what I did years ago where you literally like wanted to blow up your entire house the day you learned about this because everything had like chemicals and toxins and this and that. And it was like, I remember just being like so overwhelmed. I mean, like it all has to go like being a crazy newlywed four and a half years ago and being like, we've got to get it out of this place. And then being like, should I donate it? And then being like, I don't want other people to have this. And then it was just, I mean, our poor trash man was I did the exact same thing. I got married four years ago and we did the exact same thing. And my husband came home and was like, where's all of our stuff? Yeah. Gone. It's killing us. Yeah. No. Yeah. It was bad. It was pretty, it was pretty intense to be around me for, I mean, and I was working nights, so I was like batshit crazy, but like I was pretty, it was wild. So I always tell clients, I'm like, don't feel like you have to overhaul everything all at once. Like find those three things, start small, get a hold of those rhythms, add them in and then advance more. Or especially like whenever it comes to toxins and chemicals within our house and even, you know, our nourishment, do ditch and switch. So like once you run out of a product, then switch it over. So that way you don't feel like you're being wasteful. Um, or, and it also is a little bit nicer to our bank accounts too. Yes. And that brings me in to like a perfect, like as we kind of wrap up here. So what are just some like quick key takeaways? If everyone's listening to this and they're like, okay, I want to do all these things, but what are like three things you think where people, it's a great place to start when they're evaluating their hormone journey? Yeah. So sleep for sure. Um, nourishing our bodies is a big one. So aiming to eat, you know, every three to four hours, even if it's just a snack, um, realizing that carbs are not our enemies. Protein is good for us. Omega three fats are amazing for our bodies and decreasing inflammation, especially if you're having, um, hormone symptoms, especially pain or cramping and charting your symptoms in your cycles. Everybody that runs through working with me or runs through happy and wholesome hormones gets a symptom tracker that lists out. I don't even know how many symptoms are on it. I think like 
20 to 30 and they fill it out every day and they just check mark the boxes and that clues us into what's going on and that way we can look and develop patterns to really get the full picture of when they're experiencing things um you know is it after ovulation and are they experiencing estrogen dominant symptoms then that tells us that we need to balance out their estrogen to progesterone ratios do they have a lot of headaches and acne um are we needing to focus on gut health so really getting to like charting things is the first step for me because that gives me a very clear picture. And I think too, you know, I just was talking with a client the other day who has been charting, you know, her cycle now for four or five months working with me. And she was like, it just gives me so much insight into my body and that communication. And she goes, I didn't realize how much that my body was communicating with me throughout the day because I was taught to silence it or I didn't have enough time to pay attention to it. So those are definitely three things that I would tend to focus on. The fourth, just like as an extra little bonus is definitely deep breathing and inverting our legs at night up on a wall. I have an Instagram reel on my um, Instagram about that and how helpful that it is for resetting our adrenals and our nervous system, especially in 2020, whenever I feel like even if, you know, I've been so insanely privileged this year um, and I'm so thankful for that, but like even everything that's just happening around us and the energy out in the universe is just wild and crazy. So doing those things to ground yourself can be very helpful. Okay. Those tips are amazing. And then I always ask this question at the end of the podcast. Um, and I'm interested to see what your response is. So, you know, if the, like how in general, so like, how do you think ending the period stigma is going to change the world? Cause that's what, what we're all working on and we're going to do it. So oh, yeah. once it's gone, what do you think will change? Man, that is, that question kind of makes me like well up with tears because yeah, it just does. I think that, you know, whenever we end the period stigma, which I hope is in the timeline of me being alive and breathing and walking on this planet. I really think that by ending that stigma that so many women and those that are bleeding, um, really come home to themselves. And I use that phrase a lot in the work that I do because more than anything, you know, I think physical changes to our hormones and to our bodies is great, but really being connected to our bodies and, I mean, you can heal your body all you want physically, but you can still have internal things that, you know, we need to address too. And I think that by ending the period stigma, it will allow so many women to come home to themselves and healing and to really fall back in, this might sound cheesy, but really to fall back in love with themselves and to know that there's no shame around being a woman or by being somebody that is administrator. Like it's a really, really powerful tool that we have and it doesn't deserve shame. So yeah, I think just coming back home to ourselves and knowing our body so much deeper, that's the most beautiful gift. I tell my clients all the time, like that's the most beautiful gift that you can give yourself is to know and listen and trust yourself. That is such a beautiful way to put it. Um, I never thought of those exact words, but that is so real because I think, you know, learning, falling in love with my cycle has helped me to fall back in love with myself. So the way you put that is just perfect. Yeah. And I think too, just had this in it, it helps those that are closest to us to understand us more too. You know, I look back to my husband and I have been together for, oh gosh, seven, we met seven years ago. 
And, you know, back then he didn't, he didn't know anything, you know, like he just was like periods, blood, weird, gross blood makes me pass out. Like whatever. Um, (laughs) yeah, he, I mean, he still obviously doesn't like love the thought of like me bleeding, but we've been working on it now for like seven years. But you know, he, I was just asking him a bunch of questions the other night about ovulation and I was like expecting him to give me like these responses where like, he didn't know anything, you know? Like I was expecting for him to like make jokes or whatever. And I was just asking him like five or six questions and he knew all of the right answers. And it was just this awesome reminder that like by me coming home to myself in that way and by implementing these rhythms and by learning more about my body, it's really changed the relationship that I have with those that are around me too. And that care about me deeply, but maybe felt really disconnected about why is she acting that way? Or like, why does she need to rest? Cause she's on her period or this or that. So I think that that's another perk to, to ending the period stigma. Yeah, that it's really cool. It's also really cool to watch. Um, and I'm sure you feel the same way. Like with my husband, he same knew nothing. We've been together 10 years, mm-hmm. nothing. Honestly, blood really does make him pass out. And he like, oh, yeah. <laughs> whenever it's time for us to, if we have a baby, I'm like, you might just not have, I don't know. We'll see. No, I, we're still at that point too. He's <laughs> like, I'm just going to stay like really close up to your head. And like, I'm sure our child's going to look like beautiful in the moments that it's born, but, um, we're also going to need our midwife and our, our doula to catch our child because I, I just can't Kenzie, which I get. It's cool. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah. I get that too. Um, but yeah, it's really cool to see them. Uh, I think it's really empowering for them too, you know, to feel like they understand us better and we should do a whole nother episode and bring them on. And they, I would love to hear their own words because, you know, we've both been together a long time and then they've been on this journey with us. I'd love to hear in their own words, um, what they've learned. Oh my, yes, that would be such a fun episode. All right, we're putting that out into the universe and we're going to do that in the next year. And I got to do it. Super insightful. That's such a side note. I love talking to you. I always get so inspired. Yeah, that would be, yes, I, it's already happening. <laughs> it's going to happen. And then finally, where can everyone find you? We've touched on your program and on your Instagram. I'd love for you to, you know, get right in there and tell everybody where they can reach you. Yeah, so... Our, the easiest place to get a hold of me or my team is our Instagram, which is just at Motherland Birth Co. So just CO at the end. Um, and, you know, we, I post daily on there all of the wellness tips, intuitive coming home to yourself tips, hormones, um, periods, all of the things. I recently started getting into reels, which has been interesting. There's definitely a whole new side of myself that comes out whenever I'm like dancing in a reel that's really fun. So Instagram is definitely the place on our Instagram. You know, we have a bunch of free guides linked in our bio, um, and a bunch of different ways to connect with us there. And then, um, the second way to kind of find us and to, you know, potentially come alongside you is going to be through, I'm currently not taking any more one-on-one clients for the remainder of this year. And through at least February of 2021. Um, But the easiest way and the most cost-effective way, um, the most accessible way to work with us is through our program, Happy and Wholesome Hormones, which I've kind of ranted about a few times on here, but it's my eight-week program. It's all virtual. Um, It includes... Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm biased obviously, but so much goodness, um, for a really accessible price. There's also, um, um, payment plans and yeah, so it's a week long course with using my seven step 
proven protocol to help to balance your body, let go of your symptoms and really come home to yourself and put the confidence and the tools back in your hands that you need to advocate for yourself and to heal your body. And it is individualized. So there are a few aspects where we figure out your hormone imbalances and you have the supplementation guide and the weekly videos and our weekly Zoom calls that we do and mantra workbook, meditations. I mean, I could, it goes on and on and on. There's so much goodness in it. Um, but that actually enrollment kicks off Tuesday, December 15th for that. And then we'll remain open. I don't know for how long. Um, whenever we do open enrollment for Happy and Wholesome Hormones, it tends to fill pretty quickly, usually within about five to six just days, it'll fill to the hundred mark um, capacity. And we're about 30% there from early bird enrollment. So that will open up. Um, and yeah, but that should potentially stay open um, until January 10th, whenever we kick off on the 11th. So we'll be hanging out from like January 11th through March 8th, coming out of that winter fog holiday boundary disaster fog. Um, and so, yeah, so that's really the most cost-effective and most beautiful way to work with me. Everything in the course is so cute, again, biased, but it was important to me that it looked cute and felt really friendly and like a big hug. So that can be found a lot of information on our website about that, which we have two websites actually. So one is happy and That's the one where like all the good stuff's at the pricing plans every single week, what we cover, this is for you. Like it gives you, you know, breaks down everything. That's the best way to find that information. And then we also have our motherlandbirthco.com website, which isn't, it's actually getting a revamp. So maybe don't visit there right now. Um, but I also talk a lot about happy and wholesome hormones and the pillars to wellness on my Instagram too. So those are the best and easiest ways to find me. Yay. That sounds amazing. And if you follow along on her page, sometimes she has some great seed cycling discounts for Funkit. So, you know, you could yes. find some good treasures on other treasures as well. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been so insightful. And I think a really, in my opinion, approachable way to starting this hormone journey. So thank yeah. you. Thank you for having me. I loved this sweet time together. I could keep going, but I won't, but I appreciate I think we it. could have like an whole like 24 hour podcast that we could just rant. And I love that so much. For sure. Well, thanks so much for having me, Kate. All right. Bye. Bye guys.